Welcome to WROL Broadcast. My name is Kage, and today with me I have the world-famous Doombox. I don't know about famous, but I found out I have some fans recently, so that's always a good time. Like, you got fans, or like, you know, you got some, like, the fan fans, you know? I got... Actually, what? I was say, I got, I got fans with air quotes around the fans. Oh, yeah. Nice. Nice. Well... Well, you know, you will reach the level of stardom that I have one day. You know, you just got to have some swagger. That's the dream. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so Doom is here today talking about what, you know, he's... Uh, I guess, Doom, you've been doing some uh, team comp experimenting lately, and uh, you found the essence to uh, the game, which is counters. And... Um, I guess you would just want to kind of educate our audience here on, on how to find counters, how to build build counter teams, and overall how to build a more effective uh, squad. So uh, you want to tell us more about it? Sure. First things first, I feel like it's appropriate to lead off and say that there is no such thing as a perfect team. I'll get more into that later, but the general idea of a perfect team isn't one that is going to be possible. That being said, let's go over why. So first things first, there's, I would say, probably three types of counters out there. Well, two types of counters and one other type. Uh, Of course, you have your hard counters, uh, your soft counters, and then your general checks. Uh, A hard counter would probably be something along the lines of, say, Clayface and Wonder Girl. Uh, A soft counter would probably be something like Artemis and Superman. And then a check would probably just be something like Wonder Girl and any green with a buff on it. Whoa, 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 chill. That's like a lot of that's a lot of stuff uh, going on at once, man. So, um, can you uh, can you actually <laughs> break it down for us? What do you mean by hard counter, a soft counter, and a, a deterrent? Sure. So first things first, a hard counter, in the loosest sense of the word, the way that most people will tend to see it, is that's going to be a counter that outright prevents you from using a different character. Uh, or from using that character, you have to use a different character, rather to say. So the example mentioned before being Wonder Girl and Clayface. If you see a Wonder Girl on the enemy team, Clayface is more or less completely off the table. It's one of those characters that you are actively detrimented to the point of almost being unwinnable if you bring them along. Most people will generally think of counters in this way. It's surprising how many a little bit doom you're kind of breaking up there can you uh repeat that a bit who, um you see on the enemy team and you say i can bring this character but i have to work around that character so as mentioned before an example of that would probably be something like artemis and superman artemis isn't going to be able to beat superman directly but you can build around Superman. You can bring characters like, say, Lex Luthor. You could bring someone like, say, Siren. You know, there are characters that you can bring that will let you work around it, but you do have to work around it. And then, of course, uh, a check would just be something simple like, say, oh, there's a character on the enemy team. Bringing this character is just a slightly weaker option than someone that's not weak to that specific type a surprising few amount of characters fit into this category and that's because uh, 
surprising amount of mechanics operate almost entirely independently of one another. There are some exceptions, obviously, like, say, Dr. Fate, Chex, Enchantress, as if people are actually using those characters, mind you. Um, because Enchantress is based off of healing. Dr. Fate counters healing to some degree, but not really enough to, you know, deter you from just using Enchantress anyways. It's one of those things that it's like, oh, these two uh, mechanics interact. And so, as a result, uh, the character that benefits from that interaction would be a check to the other character. Um, so that's probably the easiest way that I could think to put it. Well, let's, uh, let's kind of open up the uh, hard counter thing a bit. Because um, I feel like with the lantern month coming up, you know, you had some heavy, you have a pretty much a heavy green uh, month and people are a little deterred from gearing up their characters. Cause like, Oh, they're green. They'll die to one girl. One girl checks them, but, or not checks them, but counters them. And uh, I feel like the word counters kind of thrown around or misappropriate, misappropriated a lot. Um, so for example, uh, I can see Wonder Girl kind of being a counter to Kilowatt because he just buffs your team up with a crazy amount of um, empowered strength ups, right? And so, uh, you know, if the minute you go over like eight empowered strength ups, you know, be a lot of damage, but Wonder Girl is going to trigger her whip and kill your team, right? Um, well, I would say yes and no. That's not an unfair assumption to make given that lanterns have traditionally been countered by. Wonder Girl. However, you do have to keep in mind that there are characters now that exist that definitely scoot things a little further out of Wonder Girl's domain. Um, probably the best example of this, of course, is Artemis, which just came out. So it's it's a little uh, misinforming to say, oh yeah, well it's a green month, so Wonder Girl's gonna thrive. It, it, not really. She exists she has to be worked around, but there's more options to work around her currently than there were back when she was, like, just slapping down characters left and right. It's, inter it's interesting you, you mentioned that, because I do kind of feel like Wonder Girl's been kind of um, creeping out of the meta, actually, because with um, Hippolyta doing what I used to use Wonder Girl for, or Cersei being a thing where... I can move before the enemy team and slap off a couple buffs and bring Terminator down. That's more value than a character who's about mid-speed and you know can give my, my team Terminator up. Um, so it, it, it kind of changes how I play a bit. Um, with the newly worked Medfill, he, he puts on a crazy amount of men's on, like, the other, on your team. So would Black Manta be a counter, or does he check Medfield? How would you describe that interaction? So that's actually a really interesting interaction to bring up, because while it is true that Black Manta can counter mend characters, Medfield is a character that, for all intents and purposes, you can use him without ever putting a mend on your ally. Now, mind you, you'll be utilizing next to none of his actual kit, but that's okay because you frankly don't really have to. Um, of course, we all know that his three is busted. People people have seen uh, 
the kind of shenanigans that happens when a character is just outright removed from the game. Um, but that being said, of course, Black Manta does counter the min mechanic in a very strong way. And unlike the player, the AI can't really control not using those mins, not using those effects. So I guess if I had to put it a certain way, when player-controlled, Black Manta is a check, but when AI-controlled, Black Manta is probably a soft counter. I wouldn't say a hard counter, mind you, because, you know, Metaphil can just make Black Manta stop existing uh, because, you know, he's a green, and he actually doesn't hit that lightly. But, yeah, no, it really comes down to that difference between being able to control your abilities and the AI just running wild and throwing whatever on whoever. All right, so can you open up a bit more about uh, the soft counter? Um, well, we I guess we kind of talked about that with the Black Manta interaction. Can you think of any other soft counters that people might be familiar with? Because nobody uses Black Manta, nobody uses Medfield. What's a more familiar example in the meta? So probably a more familiar example in the meta would be something along the lines of, say... Um, Sandra and Chemo, right? Okay. So Cassandra, yes, she purges off a bunch of buffs. Yes, she, you know, or debuffs rather. And yes, she can stay invisible and the like. However, Chemo has a non-miss ability. And she, well, you know what? Maybe that's not the best example, actually, because not many people use Chemo anymore. Um, I'm hmm. seeing a lot of Chemo on revive teams. Well, yeah, Actually. revive teams, but in those cases, you probably would be able to counter that pretty easily. Um, mm -hmm. I'm thinking, hmm. Uh, oh, you know what? An example of that would probably be Lex and Arcus. So most people think that Lex hard counters Arcus because you know, can put buff immunity, this, that, and what have you. But Arcus is faster than Lex. And if he puts on debuff immunity, he can kill one or two of your characters before you ever have a chance to stop them. But at the same time, Lex has the capability, provided he can get boosted up, to completely shut Arcus down. So that would probably be an example of a soft counter. There are things Arcus can do. He is obviously a character you would still want to bring, but it's a much more dangerous prospect to do so without having an answer for Lex. So... Um... You mentioned earlier Artemis being soft countered by Superman. You know, um, her bringing me bringing Artemis to a Superman fight will make me. Um, I want to say that interaction is a very. It's pretty. It's a pretty much a time sink, right? And so there, I have. I'm forced to work around it. And one thing I can do is actually use Katana. Now, the synergy between Katana and Artemis is that they both like to be on crit teams. Well, what characters thrive on crit teams? Well, the characters that come to mind um, are going to be like Harley Quinn or Swamp Thing, Owlman, you know, whatever, those, those types of characters. And Katana can actually benefit off of those characters uh, along with stealing the immunities from Superman. So what I usually do is actually um, steal all the Superman immunities and then Swamp Thing 
comes in for the kill. Um, you know, that, that kind of stuff. So, uh, the fact that this game is like a four by four type of game and not a one V one, uh, really kind of shows you how much depth there is in a lot of, uh, decision-making. Very so, true. Um, honestly, I would fully agree. And in fact, that's a point that I really think we should be driving home with this podcast is that you can't look at characters simply in the viewpoint of a 1v1. In a vacuum, these characters are going to obviously have weaknesses and strengths against one another. But that's kind of disingenuous when you consider that because you have a team of four, a lot of those problems are surprisingly manageable. As mentioned before, like Artemis and Superman, there's ways around Superman. But in a vacuum, Artemis, well, not never beat Superman, but it takes a while and it's incredibly difficult. So it's definitely one of those things that uh, people really need to uh, realize coming out of this is that rather than thinking of characters in terms of just a 1v1, you can think of them in terms of the full team composition that you can bring to a fight. That's the benefit of having this big variety of characters. Now, how, so I kind of want to touch on the the tier list real quick because people kind of look at the tier list, they kind of look at the gospel, and they kind of go, oh, well, um, you have Aquamoa as like trash tier. And granted, his kid is kind of garbage, but in the right team comps, if you play to that niche, you can be pretty successful with him. Uh, would you agree? Aquamoa is kind of a bad example, but yeah, to some degree. Like, you can build a crit comp, and then you can have him do some pretty wild shenanigans. Sure, that's definitely possible. You can make him a significantly better character than his tier would belie by making a correct composition for him. But ultimately, the tier list operates more as a, if you have to choose between characters, here's the ones you would rather bring. So you could bring Aquamoa, but you could just bring almost any other blue and be fine. <laughs> at least yeah, that's the way I look at it. I mean, that's that's how I, that's kind of the point I would drive home too. Is um, if you have a particular fondness for a character, say Jessica Cruz, um, you can make her work if you can play to the play play to her niche well. Um, and there are teams teammates that you can build around her. Um, ultimately, she's not going to be an Arcus where in a vacuum she can dominate a match, but she has her role and. You know, it's not a bad role, and Arcus doesn't fill that same role. So, you know. Yeah. Um, I guess another good example of this, not to be hipster about it, but I was using support survival suit Lex before it was cool. And even back then, you could run him. He was a very bad character, mind you. But you could run him and still operate perfectly fine with a given team. So that's kind of just playing to the point that... uh yeah, sure enough, if you have a character you like and you have a mechanic you like and you can build around that mechanic, then the tier list is a bit arbitrary at the end of the day because there's not really any character, barring a few, that you absolutely wouldn't be able to make work. Oh, not One final thing we want to kind of drive home is making the perfect team because I know you've wanted... you've Most players, including you, <laughs> like to theory craft a catch-all team where 
They're amazing on offense, amazing on defense, counter any team. Um, why is that kind of like a fool's errand? Well, in terms of making the perfect team, I'm not going to be the person to tell someone, obviously, hey, trying to beef up your defense team to be the best it can be? That's a terrible idea. It's impossible. Why even bother? I am all for people taking characters, making creative combinations that work on offense, work on defense, and cover as many bases as possible. But you can't look at your defense log and see a couple of losses and think to yourself, oh, well, this team's awful on defense. It's very possible that it's, in fact, very good on defense. But the advantage lies with the player in all situations. An example would probably be uh, CAGA, for example, right? Everyone knows he's like an S-plus tier character. Absolutely absurd, has existed at the top of the tier list since the dawn of time. If you're the player, your CAGA goes first, meaning the entire benefit of having a CAGA for the enemy team is vanished, just like that. So one thing to understand about building the perfect defense team is that you cannot build around the fact that your opponent has options. There's always going to be a way to get around a team. Like I would say, and I'm sure most people would agree, I'm not a top player. I'm knowledgeable to some degree, I'm sure. But I, you know, I'm not the kind of guy that when people are like, oh, who's the best at this game? My name doesn't come up in the conversation much or ever. So, you know, taking that in mind, I hate mail. People would regard him as probably one of the best players in the game. Constantly t- placing high, has a very well-varied roster. Um, yet, I could almost guarantee that there's not a single team he could possibly field that I couldn't three-star. And that's just simply because no matter what he puts out there, I'm always going to have options to counter it. So, I would say, I think that there's a particular team that Hate Mill could field that I wouldn't be able to three-star. And that's just because I have enough options to answer basically anything he would put out there. So he could put out the most mind-numbing meta team imaginable, like Wonder Girl, Donna Troy, the whole mix. And then I could just walk in and say, okay, well, I know Wonder Girl is countered by Artemis. Donna Troy is countered by Artemis to some degree. So I'll just run Artemis, run Martian Manhunter to eliminate his CAGA's benefit, and then go from there, you know? And that could be said about pretty much any player. Like, you know, again, to hate Mel's defense, you know, he can make basically any team he wants. Let's be frank. This guy has no limit on his options. But at the same time, no matter which characters he picks, there's always going to be something that checks it, that counters it. There's really no way around that. So if you're going to pick a character to go on your offense or your defense with, Make sure it's someone you enjoy using. Like, I know you uh, broke your code and decided to rebirth five of that Artemis. And man, am I jealous of that character. And uh, <laughs> I imagine it's because you enjoy using her to some degree. Yeah, I actually love using her. She kind of fits everything I want to do. Like, she has an endless amount of options <laughs> that I can play off of. Do I like buffs? Cool, buff up. Do I like double taps? Boom. Stun, boom, whatever. Crits, AOE kills, you name it. She's got the whole thing. She's the full package character for me. And even if 
her value goes away one day, let's say, you know, there are 10,000 more Arceus-like characters and the Superman-like characters that counter her, mm-hmm. she's still going to be a character I enjoy using. So, you know, at the end of the day, that's the character that fits how I play. That's the characters I'm going to invest into. Mm-hmm. I'm much of the same way with Lex Luthor. Uh, not just because of his super fresh presidential suit, but also because he just really embodies the way I generally like to play, being like a war of attrition. Hey, if you don't stop this team, I'm out of there. I'm out of control. Um, And, of course, Hate Mail, he likes to run stone compositions. He finds that they're the funniest thing in the world to watch his enemies just sit there and do nothing all day. And I can't blame him, honestly. Stun comps are fun. So when you're looking at characters, it's okay to hedge your bets, you know, work within the means of not picking characters that will obviously be very hard countered. Make sure your composition's tight, but make sure it's something you enjoy using, because otherwise that grind is just going to burn you out like crazy. So you're telling me is that the whales who uh, fight for top spots in the siege all the time, that's kind of a a pointless war, or um, what uh, what do you mean by that? I mean... Yeah, no, I, they could pay someone to assassinate me and still have money for packs. So I'm not going to say too much on the whales specifically. But <laughs> what I will say is that if you're looking to three-star, then, you know, more power to you. But even outside of the top end of Siege where people are just dropping bank to get to that sweet, sweet first place spot only for it to be stolen by a hacker or something... Um, Outside of that, like even for the regular players, the free-to-play, the new players, everybody, this kind of advice can help you out. I mean, I was telling Du Bois in one of his streams, uh, I told him, hey, listen, if you can keep this Cersei alive, you're going to win. Like, I'm not telling you it's going to be pretty. You're not going to get five stars or three stars or whatever, but you'll win. That's, I mean, if that's what you're going for, you got it. Keep that character alive. That's it. You'll win eventually. And also, I will say, outside of all the, you know, obvious, like, her, 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 she's trash tier, blah, blah, blah. I don't know if you guys have seen the tier list. She's A tier. Frankly, I think that she belongs there. That seems like a good place for her. She does a lot of really good stuff. And again, if you're not looking to three star match, she basically lets you win for free. So that's a good thing to have. Um, but yeah. So. If you're a newer player, here's what I'll say, because I know a lot of what I'm saying now kind of uh, reeks of uh, privilege of having a wide variety of characters. What I would say is use your resources wisely. Focus on characters that are not super like divisive on their viability. Like, as an example, someone like, say, Black Adam. He's a good character. One of the top ones, in fact. But if you already have a character that does more or less the same thing, investing of him just because he's an S tier doesn't really do anything for your roster. Rather, instead, you should be focusing on characters that can really accent the team you currently have. So, like, Red Hood would probably be a better pick for you. And it's more just comes down to using your character and your resources wisely. Because the beginning of the game, they're surprisingly generous at giving you characters that are really, really good. 
and not necessarily very divisive, like Hal Jordan, for example. Hal Jordan is a very good character. He is soft-counted by a lot of things, but I don't think he's really super hard-countered by anyone in particular. Um, They give you something like The Flash, a very good character, kind of countered by Wonder Girl, but at the same time, completely bodies about half the cast. You get support suit Lex Luthor early on. He's a, well, we all know how good of a character he is. Um, you know, and from there, you can kind of form what your play style is. You can say, man, I really like the Flash. I really like running in and getting a bunch of extra hits and a bunch of extra damage and just running train over my opponent. Or you might say, man, I really like uh, Cape Crusader Batman. The fact that I could just drop and instantly kill someone. I want to enable that. Well, you can you could just build your game around that idea. You want to use Cape Crusader Batman? Cool. Invest in some purgers to remove taunts out of your way. Or invest in some meter control so that he can get in and do his big damage and then still maintain momentum. Uh, so, of course, if you're a newer player, uh, your options are limited. There are going to be matches you cannot win. There is no avoiding that. You know, just by sheer merit of the fact that your characters are not going to be as developed as the other people's characters, and your composition might just be a little bit looser by comparison. But provided that you don't walk into something that's obviously a counter for you, there should be no real reason why you can't start winning matches, start building that roster, and start finding success. So that's um, the main... just to, just to add on, yeah, just to add on, I think um, the beginning of the game is just very vanilla. Uh, you're given a lot of vanilla choices like Hal Jordan, but um, as you progress, as sales drop, as PvP uh, tournaments come and go, you're going to find characters that you cling on to, and you say, hey, this character works great with this character I really like, and, you know, just kind of Adding on to Doom's point, yeah, you will find your playstyle. You will find what you like. Um, some compositions are harder to run than others, but at the end of the day, it's finding what you like and just finding the way you like to play. And don't fall into the trap of uh, finding a perfect team. Yeah, and also don't be afraid to have multiple teams. Like I know it can be easy to also fall into the trap of focusing entirely on just one team. But, I mean, as I said before, Hatemail loves stun comp teams. But you'd be a fool to think that he's not also running something to answer a stun comp uh, counter and something to answer that counter. You know, it's uh, it's okay to favor a character and it's okay to favor a play style. But don't fall into that trap of thinking, I can only use these characters in these matches. You will have to diversify out your roster a little bit, mind you. But you should be able to cobble together some way of like, okay, well, I can't use these characters, so I'm going to use this team, and then I can go back to using these characters. It'll make you stronger as a player to do so. All right, um, any finished final thoughts before we head out? No, not really. It's Honestly, I got out basically everything I needed to say. I think that <laughs> you guys just keep working at it, you know? I'm not a great player, but... I know that a good amount of players can be better than me. So if I can do it, you can definitely do it. If I can walk into a composition 
and run Assault War Suit Lex and kill a Wonder Girl, you can walk into that composition and do the same thing. It's not a difference in skill. You know, it's just a matter of knowledge and a matter of time and a matter of experience. All of those things will just come naturally as you play the game. So don't get discouraged if you find yourself losing momentum early on. Just keep at it, and eventually you'll find your stride. All right, cool. Well, uh, we'll see you guys later. Mm -hmm. See you then. Hi, this is Renee Sylvia, 88, DC Legends moderator. Do you want to know about new characters while their sales are still happening? Get this perk and many others by becoming a Patreon at patreon.com forward slash WROL broadcast. We tried to find out how DPO 427 was doing in quarantine, but he still isn't back on vacation.